0: Black as a raven, his eyes are like dust. Beside streams of water, bathed in milk and reposed in their setting. His cheeks are like a bed of balsam, banks of sweet-scented herbs. His lips are lilies, dripping with liquid myrrh. His hands are rods of gold, set with pearls. His abdomen is carved ivory, inlaid with sapphires. His legs are pillars of alabaster, set on pedestals of pure gold. His appearance is like Lebanon, choice as the cedars. His mouth is full of sweetness, and he is wholly desirable. This is my beloved. And this is my friend.
1: the Lord reigns. Let the peoples tremble. He is enthroned above the cherubim. Let the earth shake. The Lord is great in Zion, and he is exalted above all the peoples. Let them praise your great and awesome name. Holy is he. The strength of the king loves justice. He, you have established equity. You have executed justice and righteousness in Jacob. Exalt the Lord our God and worship at his footstool. Holy is he.
0: My beloved responded, my beloved responded and said to me, Arise, my darling, my beautiful one, and come along. For behold, the winter is past, the rain is over and gone. The flowers have already appeared in the land. The time has arrived for the pruning of the vine. And the voice of the turtle dove has been heard in our land. The fig tree has ripened its figs, and the vines in blossom have given forth their fragrance. Arise, my darling, my beautiful one, and come along.
1: For whatever is born of God overcomes the world, and this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith.
2: For just one day of intimacy with you is like a thousand days of joy rolled into one. I'd rather stand at the threshold in the front of the gate, beautiful, ready to go in and worship my God, than to live my life without you in the most beautiful palace of the wicked. For the Lord God is brighter than the brilliance of the sunrise, wrapping himself around me like a shield. He is so generous with his gifts of grace and glory. Those who walk along his paths with integrity will never lack one thing they need, for he provides it all. O Lord of heaven's armies, what euphoria fills those who forever trust in you. Father, we trust in you. We have yet to even see the grace and glory that you are going to pour out upon us, Father God. We just thank you that you are... Our provider, our everything, everything that we need or could ever want, you provided for us, Father. All we need to do is have faith in you. Have faith that you are going to do what you promised that you said you're going to do. And you are not a man that you should lie. So, Father, we just give glory and honor and thankfulness. We're so thankful for all that you have done, are doing, and are yet to do. And that we are so privileged to be able to participate with you in your plan and your promises.
3: exhort us this morning. It's Acts 17, 28. In Him do we live and move and have our being. Wow. Now I'm so sure that Father Abraham knew this Scripture. Uh, surely he must have. But he acted like he
4: did.
3: <laughs> One of the most outstanding things about the Father of our faith was that he considered not his own body. Isn't that amazing? We live in an age when Christians are taught to consider their body, to consider their finances, to consider their situation above everything else, because after all, that's reality. We live in a much higher reality this morning. That's right. Not only did not Abraham consider his own body, he discounted the body of his son. And he considered the fact that God is faithful. You'll raise him from the dead if he has to. I have promises on this boy. And then we come to the New Testament and we're commanded to look unto Jesus, the author and finisher, of our faith. There's so many times we look to our body. Oh, I've messed up this week. You don't know what I've done. (laughs) You don't know what thoughts I've had. You don't know what kind of carnal situations I've been in. Yeah, well, the reason we're there is we haven't considered. Because when you consider the glory of being in Christ, when you consider the resulting faith of being in Christ, You begin to move in the fact that in Him we live and move and have our being. We're in a place of victory. We're in a place for faith. Amen. Amen. We just stand exhorted this morning and receive in Jesus' name.
0: For the mountains may move and the hills disappear, but even then my faithful love for you will remain. My covenant of blessing will never be broken, says the Lord who has mercy on you. For has not God chosen those who are poor, poor in
4: spirit,
5: recognizing Their need for him
0: and humbleness? Has God not chosen those who are poor in the eyes of the world to be rich in faith and to inherit the kingdom he promised those who love him?
6: reminded several times in the past few months different ways looking at faith and uh, the one that's sticking into my heart and mind the most <coughs> is that uh, <coughs> familiar verse in Hebrews 11 1. King James Bible says now faith is the substance of things hoped for conviction of things not seen by it men of old gained approval by faith we understand that the worlds were prepared by the word of God so that what is seen was not made out of things and it just reminds me of the power of our own faith for this reason it is by faith in order that may be in accordance with grace so that the promise will be guaranteed to all the descendants, not only to those who are of the law, but also to those who are of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of Saul. As it is written, the Father of many nations have I made you in the presence of him who he believed, even God, who gives life to the dead and calls into being things that do not exist. Every time we utter a prayer in faith, it becomes a substance in heaven waiting for the manifestation of that prayer to come to pass whether it's the healing of an individual or whatever you bring to the throne room in faith it is the most powerful the most necessary thing that we that we can hold in our our walk with Jesus it's absolutely we have to have it Without faith it's impossible to please him. So I'm just reminded uh more and more that faith is not just a a wish or a hope. It is becomes substance, our words become substance in the kingdom of God. And Lord God I give you glory for that. We are not only fearfully and wonderfully made, but we are given everything, everything that we need to walk a godly life in Christ Jesus. And we thank you, Father. We thank you, Father, for your incredible promises and the richness of your
5: We are so privileged to live in this time when we are going to see with our own eyes major events play out at this end of the age. And it's true that God lives in us and in Him we live and move and have our being. But the Lord asks How freely will you allow him to move in and through you? We look forward yet to the acts of the apostles as written in the Bible to be present in our time. But he calls us further to the time if we were to be written as a book in the Bible it would be titled, Acts of the Ecclesia. How much will you allow God to live and move in and through you?
1: else hearing something specific from the Lord, or if you'd like to pray, or share a scripture.
5: This is from Ephesians 1, 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. Just as He chose us in Him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before Him in love. He predestined us to adoption as sons through Christ Jesus Christ to Himself according to the kind intentions of
1: of His will. Amen. Awesome. So thankful for Your Word, Lord God. Anyone else? Bless you. Well, good morning, everybody. Now that we've been really quiet and mellow, it's time to do aerobics. So, are you ready? Yes. (laughs) Somebody else lead. I have to go to the bathroom. (laughs) I want to mention this again, um, ever since you know we got revelation of Ecclesia. Um, we've been on quite a journey to discover what that is, how does it practically play out, what does it look like? And the concept of Ecclesia is very, very simple. It's to assemble together to hear from God so we can speak and act for God that's really the simplicity of ecclesia and it to me is wonderful that i can have the presence of god and share with him individually all day long but then there's a unique time we when we come together when we assemble like this that God wants to speak to us and through us as a group, as an assembly, as a congregation. And much of, you know, the church world, its it's been about really self. Even sometimes going to church has been about self. Choosing congregations based on the music or the preacher or whatever it might be. The colors of the restroom. I don't know. Pick your thing. And we choose a lot of times based on our personal preferences. And, you know, most congregations, not that it's necessarily bad or that it's wrong, you know, use music, right, in worshiping and praising to the Lord. And God is the one that's created music. And we have all kinds of scriptures. We have a book that is a book of music, Psalms. And we have a lot of illustrations that even uh, exhorts us when we gather together to sing spiritual songs and hymns to one another. So there's a lot about singing and music. But it's interesting that when you study worship in the scripture, worship and music are never used together in the exact same context and today you mention worship to most christians and even non-christians and they immediately think of the music the music part of our our service that that's worship that's when we're worshiping and that's not biblical really it doesn't mean that you can't use music in worship you obviously can and i think it's an important part but we've defined it that way for the most part When worship is really a lifestyle that we are to be living towards the Lord. We can express our praise by speaking, singing, running around, whatever it might be. However we express, like David taking all his clothes off and running through the street. I mean, I don't suggest that unless the Lord is really speaking to you. Keep your clothes on and run through the street. Probably be better. And so here, what what we are trying to do is really... God, what are you actually saying to us? What are you speaking? And when we gather and assemble like this, it's not a church service to be a spectator, but to be a participant. Because ecclesia is not a religious word; it's it's a, for all, a lack of better words, it's a secular word. It was a word that's a really governmental, and that we come together really to to hear from God so we can speak His will, act on His will. That's what's really most important, and we have that time to to really practice that on Sunday mornings. And what are you actually saying? So, that's a little bit in a nutshell, kind of what what we're doing, why we're we're doing that. I'll talk about that, you know, a little bit more often. And to really focus on the Lord and not ourselves. What what are you saying, Father? What? And that's that's kind of the thread I wanna follow when we gather together, not just I've got a prepared sermon and i got to preach it, Um, but God, what are you saying? What are you speaking to us as a congregation? Our ecclesia, when people uh, and congregations come into this understanding of ecclesia, ours can look much differently than somebody else's, and I don't think the Lord wants a cookie cutter, you know, it needs to be done this way with a form it can be done with the understanding of what's the point of gathering but the way you know it is structured can be different it can be different all of the time so in other words ours you know now you go to one church and one church looks like the other right because it's this is what church is you know you gather and you have music and we call that worship and you have announcements and you have you know that kind of thing and it's not necessarily bad it's just we've formalized it that that's and that's what people expect and we've been trained in some things uh, by the church that are not necessarily biblical and then but i want to say this sometimes things that aren't necessarily biblical doesn't mean that they're wrong or they're sin but what's more important being biblical right more important is, is being biblical and what what did what did the lord actually say Uh, And you don't even see, you know, Jesus singing except one time and it was one hymn the night he was arrested. And you don't see him when he goes to preach having a band or anything. He doesn't talk about it. Now, none of the apostles talk about it matter of fact, much later in uh, AD 90-95 when the book of Revelation is being written by John and Jesus tells him to write seven letters to seven different congregations, the ecclesias, Jesus doesn't mention. He doesn't mention buildings. He doesn't mention, you know, music. How's your band going? How's your building fund going? He doesn't mention all of these things that seem to be very important to the so-called church today but the things that he does mention because when Jesus speaks what he says is important and the things he tells those seven congregations are things we need to implement as well. Does that make sense? Amen. Um I want to mention something here. I've talked about it I think one other time, but sometimes I can't remember if I ever if I what I say on Wednesday versus Sunday. So, just so you're aware of this, if you're not already, that the government is tracking who's been vaccinated and who has not been. <clears throat> and they're, they're tracking if you've gotten one shot, booster shots, whatever it might be, okay? So, when you go to the doctor, um, if you go to a, I don't know what to say, regular normal doctor or hospital that they'll ask you if you've been vaccinated. And there's codes for this now, okay, and specifically the mRNA. And they're coding it. And doctors are getting kickbacks because even if you haven't been and they start to counsel you on why, there's a code for them counseling you, and they get paid extra for that too and then this is going this is being so every everybody that goes to the doctor and is telling their doctors now you could have a doctor that's not in the system right they don't track they don't write these codes whatever but the ones that do your name is being coded um this all could turn into which i believe it's going to in a in a some kind of a vaccine passport that you will be tracked whether you've been vaccinated and how many boosters and all of these things. And it's interesting, and if you follow some of this, it, they're they're concerned about the, the, not just vaccines, because there's all kinds of other vaccines out there too. They're concerned about the mRNA, mRNA COVID vaccine, of whether you've been vaccinated. So just be aware of that. If they ask you, you are, and you haven't been, they're recording that. And now with the ability of AI, uh, artificial intelligence, sky's the limit. We've talked a little bit about that on Wednesday night with, with AI, and AI is, is out there now, and if you're not familiar with that, we can talk about that at some point, but um, it's crazy what what they can do uh, now. I'll just, how many of you are familiar with AI? Okay, most of you are, so I don't need to go go into it then, what it is, but... Terry, did you have something that you wanted to say along that,
4: yeah?
1: Yeah, they're they're documenting all of this stuff, and then, you know, they'll be able to track those because there's I I think the best guesstimates I've heard is about twenty percent of our population that has not been vaccinated, um, with this, you know, and I use that word lightly to vaccinated or shot with that. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So we just need to be aware, right? You know, Scripture says we are not to be ignorant of Satan's schemes. But not focused on it, focused on on the Lord and what he's saying. But to understand the times in which we live, what's actually the mechanisms that are being built, what's actually going on, um, because it's happening right underneath our noses it's it's you know these these demonic globalists are not going to slow down or stop and um so anyway i just wanted you to be aware of that if you go to the doctor if you have a doctor that asks you that there's um financial benefit for them as well as recording and, and tracking who has who hasn't yeah
4: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. What is he saying? And that's what we're practicing as a group on Sunday morning. What's he saying to us? What's he showing Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It just it just uh it doesn't seem it's actually happening that so many people and even a greater great parts of the body of Christ are just going on as business as usual and completely unaware of what's what's happening um around us. So, did you want to share your vision what you had what you I'll turn it
7: right back on. Yeah, I, know. <laughs> I was all excited, Dale, and you blew it. See, last week the Lord gave me a vision and then about the dam and the bricks, and then the Lord gave me another vision. I'm like, Yes, because he said young men will have visions and old men will dream dreams and you said don't consider your body, squires. So <sighs> Well, Google says when you go from fifty eight to fifty nine year olds, so So another vision. There were a group of people I couldn't see faces, so I don't know who. They were all given a pack and sent into a very dark place, and they came upon this huge cave, and this cave was completely packed full of sand. And so they all got their packs out, because what was in the pack was what they were going to need when they encountered this cave. And they opened the pack, and there was water, a candle, and a pair of tweezers. That was it. Water, a candle, and a pair of tweezers. And so these people were able to, nothing to light the candle, I'm not sure about that. But anyway, so they went into the cave and all they had was tweezers. And they were to start taking this sand out with tweezers, one or two grains at a time, out of the cave. And faithfully, this group of people, kept taking sand out with tweezers out of the cave. Have you ever dealt with sand packed in some place? If you take start taking it out, it starts to fall in, and it seems like it's never going to end. As they continued to take it out, suddenly there burst little bits of light coming through the sand. And the more they took out, the more light came out. Last week it was water. This week it was light. And when the sand finally fell to the point where it was open at the top... The light was the light of God, and it came rushing out of that cave and filled that whole area that was full of darkness, completely filled it with His light. And then, His love, His will, and most importantly, and this is the one the Lord keeps coming back to with me, is His moral standard was known to everybody. I thought the interesting thing was, last week, we weren't taking the dam down with power tools. Because the enemy would have known exactly what we were doing. In turn, the enemy was laughing at us, scraping away with our dental picks. This week, we weren't given shovels. Have you ever shoveled sand, anybody besides me, and gravel? And I think the verse is, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. I'll take the tweezers. So anyway, do what you want with that. But God's water is going to flood, and that's his blessing and his moral standard. And God's light is going to flow. Stay faithful with your tweezers, kids. Thanks, Joe.
1: Amen. What's that? Yeah. <laughs> Amen. Well, most of you know that uh, Cherie has retired from being the administrator, and um, we are celebrating Rich and Cherie today, and would you guys come up, and they have some news for us, too, and... And we are going to pray over them.
2: This is really weird because when I met Rich over 40 years ago, I was an introvert. And he was an extrovert. And now he can't shut my mouth. So I'm going (laughs) to start. Oh, gosh, where do I start? When I was getting dressed this morning, this little dove in flight here. Laura Lord says, put your pin on. It wasn't on this jacket. He said, it's time to... Well, he told me this a little while ago. It's time to leave the nest. And so... Um, and and it's time to leave the nest. <laughs> um, so I was very comfortable here, or we were very comfortable. Rich has just recently retired, so um, most of the time he didn't get to spend Sundays with everyone here because he was working. But... Um, um anyway, we were both just comfortable here and I believe the Lord has um has been speaking to me about being uncomfortable. <laughs> and so um we've been here for 15 years, so it's uncomfortable to leave. But um we just believe that it's it's time and actually one of the other things I wanted to say was be careful what you pray for. <laughs> um if it's, if it's in God's will, he quickly makes things happen, and it just, it just rolls. And things happen that I didn't even, I didn't even know were going to happen. I was just being obedient, and um, Rich was going to retire in March, and I was just going to retire. We were going to retire together, and we knew that there was something coming up, but we didn't know. I would not have a, you know, just one of those feelings that you get. We've been praying and praying and praying. And sometimes, I mean, it takes a while for some things to come together. But um, so, anyway, so in August, he says, "I want you to you to retire, Sheree, I want you to retire at the end of December." And I'm saying, "Why? Why? Why can't I wait till March?" <laughs> he said, "January starts a whole new season for you guys." And I didn't catch the guys part. <laughs> I just I was talking to him personally by myself, so I was just talking to me, and. So, um, I said, oh, okay, well I gonna." but then you know i I'm just one of those that goes back and back and back, and you know the, the throwing the police out there, that's me, I mean, and just I need more more of a sign than that, or you know just whatever, so in 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 August, I told Joe that you know i this is what what's going down, and you know that I just feel that I need to retire, and that's what the Lord told me to do, so I'm gonna do that." And the, what, what was it that you said, Mike, the substance
4: <laughs>
2: of what we speak and what, oh, my gosh. Yeah, there were several words today that were given, and uh, Alita had one, too, and I can't remember what she said, but it was like, was just showing me up. It's um, when Rich used to go to work every day, I, you know, I'd pray for him, I'd pray for our marriage and stuff, and the Lord was just, um, he was bringing up memories, and when we met, um, and, and within the year, I mean, he was—he was in the military, so he was gone a lot. But we got stationed over in Japan, and I went over there a Mormon, came back a Christian. That's all <laughs> I'm gonna. It's a long, long story, but, but anyway. So after the, after I became a Christian, well, even before that, Rich, he, he, he used to go to the Mormon church with me, and he'd sit there. With his Walt, Walter Martin's cults reference Bible, with a Bible cover on it, <laughs> so that nobody knew what he was really reading. But <laughs> um, anyway, uh, he's always been so good to support me and whatever I've done and, and whatever. But the best, the Lord was bringing memories back of when we were over in Japan, and I did get born again. We did a lot of ministry work together, as a couple, and we just, you know, I, just we've been through some hard times too when we, we came back to the states and. Um, a matter of fact, when we came here, we were going through a really rough time, and God is just um thanks to some yes, thanks to some awesome people um that helped us out um God redeemed all that and more more and more more, He just keeps giving us more, so anyway, so I was praying, and I was you know he was bringing back memories, and i 'm just like going, yeah, those were some really awesome times, God, if you could just see fit make that happen again. That would be awesome. Am, am I getting too old for all this or what? You know, but it would really be awesome. Um, be careful what you ask for because boom things just started rolling, Rich got really, we he, we went on a five day um, vacation, came back the next day at work, they let him go. I mean, that was, that was in January, no, December. December. That was in December. So anyway, we ended up being retired at the same time. So, um, and it's been interesting that God is just moving um um we are going to be working with an um a ministry down south and another one in Arkansas because uh, when we were we were listening to um, this ministry talk about what they were what they were gonna be doing in Arkansas, and the Holy Spirit was just all over it. I mean, I was just shaking, I was excited, and I didn't know why I was excited. And it, so I mentioned it to Rich, and we've been praying about it. So we're going to be um They're, they're opening an an apostolic training center for leaders and a youth survival camp. And I'm going like, what am I going to do in a youth survival camp? You know? But the Lord just He's got something something going on. And even our daughter, none of our daughter, oh, we have four daughters, and none of them are really walking in the Lord. But this is how I know that. The Lord is doing some things because things are happening that I have no control over, which is, I'm a control freak sometimes. So, but but it's just. But she says to me, I, so I was telling her what was going on, and I finally, you know, I I talk to my kids like they know the Lord because they did at one point in time, but there's one daughter that that keeps in contact with me. The rest of them don't want to be, you know, they don't want to. The light and the darkness just don't go together, and I've learned to don't have yeah, it. I was telling her, I said, I don't know what God has. What am I going to do in a youth camp? She goes, Mom, don't ever underestimate what you have to give. You know what I'm going? Okay. Thank you, Father. Yeah. So anyway, so um, I just wanted to say something here. Let me get my glasses on. Yes, I'm scared. I'm scared to death to do this. But, I mean, you know, to do all this. But, you know, I know that God's got our Got us got our back, our front, our side, up and down and everywhere. So we're just really excited. And um, Mark 6, 7, he called the 12 and began to send them out two by two and gave them the authority over the unclean spirits. And then there's just a little thing that says, Jesus reinforces the can't-do-it-alone truth of Christian life and work by sending out his disciples two by two. <laughs> he knew that their ministry would be stronger if they served in teams. Thus, as we think about our life and work, we would do well to imitate the two-by-two approach of Jesus sharing in life and work with partners who will help us to be more effective and resilient in all we do. And that's all we want to do is we want to do what God asks us to do. And we are so grateful for our time here. And it's time to get uncomfortable. <laughs>
8: yeah, it was uh, in the Word back in back in December. and. Uh, I was in Isaiah, and the God is speaking to Isaiah. He says, you know, we need someone to go out there and work. Who who can I send? And that's when Isaiah stood up and said, here am I, send me. And so I kind of took a hold of that. And I said, you know, we need to, to to take a good hard look. We need to take a look at where God is moving us. I mean, I'm retirement age, what is that? It means you change vocations is what it really means. You don't really retire. Uh, we've got a, a friend down in uh, uh, Texas that we followed for many, many years. She was instrumental in getting Cherie uh, uh, trained up on cassette tapes from Dutch sheets. That goes back a ways. But Mom DeVincent was just awesome back then. And she's currently down in in a home in in, uh, Texas. But the, the real key is that we have decided that it's time to to change it's not really that we're going to physically retire it's beautiful because when we take a look at what God is doing with our finances our finances are not changing and I go on social security I'm going to stay at the same income level that I have enjoyed for the last three or four years working full-time retail and I'm not going to be working a lick a, not, not for a retail. Uh, but you know that's the key. Is God has already provided all of that. It's Not a problem. I mean, mo- many of you know that I had eye surgery. Uh, I had my de- partially detached retina last year, and it was re-detached back in November. So they went back in and did some surgery. And today happens to be the the day that my my bubble finally vanished. Yesterday it was still a little bit there, but today it's gone. And so, I don't know whether you know anything about detached retina, but what they do is they shoot a bubble into your eye. They actually put a gas bubble in your eye to push the retina back, and then they just have to wait over the couple-month period for it to go away. And today is the day that the bubble's gone. And so, I just thank God for that. It's wonderful that we have that. But it's wonderful that He provides. So much of the time we get really, really upset about is, What we're doing on track. Well, I mean, when I got let go, some of you know, uh, I I got let go and my income was gone. And what happened with my being let go was I remembered in the back of my mind, I have a retirement fund with the company. And so I withdrew. I just, because I'm over 65, I could withdraw without penalty. I withdrew my, my retirement account, put it into our bank. We've been living on that for a few months. And now my Social Security starts here, In my payments start in April. I actually start qualifying for it next month. But the key is that that money will be completely retired. That is interesting because I don't know if any, again, Social Security is a weird thing. I'm just not sure how they make it work. I'm not sure that it works at all, Mark. <laughs> but when I get my Social Security, Cherie will get half of mine because that's just the way the system is set up. So she'll basically go from what she's been getting now, which is her own work history, social security, and she'll get a significant pay increase when I start getting mine. But that's just, again, it's the provision of God. It's Him providing and us not having to worry about it. And so we can go into ministry here and I send me and not have to have financial support to speak of because our income's not changing. Short of the government going bankrupt or the military stop getting retirement pay, neither of which I expect to happen by the way uh, I, I, the, the Lord has already provided the provision is just there, and so you know we've been here at, at New Covenant for for over a decade. We just love all of you. We just know, however that it's time it 's time, and the lord's moving us on we 're getting our house in order uh, we 're not exactly sure what that looks like, but i 've been doing cleaning downstairs. <laughs> Through my back out this week that's a good thing but uh the the key is that we are getting things in order and when things become in order that's when god is going to move and he's going to move us on so i just want to thank every one of you i bless every one of you and you know the lord has blessed us and we just want your his blessing to continue to rest on this place and on all of you as as we continue to move on we want you to move on too we just give you the glory and Lord, we thank you for all that you've given us. We thank you, Lord, for all that you're providing. We thank you for our healing. We thank you for all that you are doing in our lives and all that you have planned for us to do in our lives, Lord. We just give you the glory and we just thank you, Lord, in advance for all that you have set up for us, Lord. We know that you have plans that we haven't seen yet, but Lord, I just ask for your plan to be made full in everyone here as you made it. Make it full in us, Lord. We give you the glory. And we just thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name.
2: I just have one more thing I wanted to say. And that was, the Lord has been speaking to me a, a long time about destiny. What's my destiny in you, God? And um, you hang on to those words he said that were you know, prophesied over you. And, and, and there, there's only been a couple, but they've been really, really strong. And I really feel like this is, um, this is the opportunity for that just because of what's going on in the world and how what God is doing this is the time for it to come forth so um, I'm excited (laughs) amen Amen. Amen. and thank you all
1: well we're not done because we want to pray for you guys too so um, I just wanted to share a couple things one is I'm extremely grateful for both of you and um, you're part of our congregation and our body and um we've been blessed uh to know you guys and i want everybody to know this too um we don't try to hold on to people we we want people to do what god is calling them to do that's the most important thing that's the way i counsel that, that's how i count it's like what is god speaking to you and help people to to discover what god is already saying or has said and and that's what i want for you to uh, more than anything else. And I know you know that because we've talked about that over the years. is to do what God has call, called them to do. The One of the way, things I look at it is we all have purpose. We all have destiny in this life. Whether we're working together side by side or in a whole other country, everybody's got to get to work and do what God's called them to do because we'll be together later. Right? We've got a lot of work to do now. And we'll we'll uh, we'll gather back and have a a big party, a family reunion later. So um, anybody that would like to, I want to pray over them. And anybody that would like to come up and pray, you're more than welcome to do that, and and just bless them and, and their going and what what God's called them to do. You have something?
0: I just have a couple things that came to me when I was uh, sitting back there this morning. Um, one of them is I really felt like the Lord was saying this to you both from the season that you're in moving into, is well done. Well done, good and faithful servants. You have been faithful over a little, and I will set you over much. And then the scripture came to me that a faithful man will abound with blessings. So you haven't seen anything yet.
4: Amen. Amen.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, let's pray together. Father, we are so grateful and thankful for Rich and for Cherie. Uh, thank you for the time that we've been together face to face. And, God, we just bless them. We just thank you for their lives, for their gifts, for who they are uh, in relationship to us, Father. Thank you so much. And that will never change because of the relationship. We'll be together forever and ever. So, God, again, we just bless them. We ask for your blessing on them, that they would hear their ears would be so attuned to the Spirit of God, that they would see, that you would give them dreams and visions along the way, that, Father God, you've already equipped them for what they're about to do. I pray for an increase in anointing, wisdom, and insight in Jesus' mighty, powerful name, that, Father God, that they would be full of boldness and courage as they go where you are leading them. Father, we just are so grateful for you. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you so much. Anybody else have anything that they would like to pray? Just a word God gave me
8: this morning for somebody, and it's you. (laughs) (laughs) Just be anxious for nothing. You already know that. And the main thing is trust me. Just trust me.
6: Father God, I thank you for Rich and Cherie, I thank you for the, I haven't known them very long. known of them a few times from a good friend of hers. But I thank you for the short period of time. And I thank you for what you're doing in them and through them. And I would just like to make a decree over them. I decree over you good health. Um, for the rest of your lives, whatever that may be. If you've lived to be nine years old, then I pray that it would be just like Moses. He lived amen. till 120, and then God just stuck it. So thank give you them, I decree, that they will have all the physical, mental strength that they need to have in these coming years. And I praise you for it. In Jesus, name. amen. 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 amen.
8: amen. Well, thank you, Lord.
4: Hallelujah.
7: The Lord is your compass. The Holy Spirit is the sense of your direction.
4: Amen. 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 Amen.
3: Thank
0: you, Lord. blessed are the feet of those who bring good news for you are like the mortar that I'm going to place in the right fit you're going to be joined together with those that are building, that are expanding the kingdom of God. So blessed are your feet, for you will bring good
1: news. Amen. Well, God bless you guys. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Now get out. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs>
2: oh, oh, oh. Thank you, Sarah, for the beautiful food you set out today and for the beautiful job that you're doing with with, with everything. And God just bless you with beyond what you can think or ask. Amen. Amen.
1: Amen. And I am giving her a little bit harder of a time than I did you, by the way. <laughs> People still use paper, I understand. Well, I'm going to be brief for me. If you can turn to Genesis chapter 1. Yeah, we'll just read until I can't read anymore. Genesis chapter 1, a couple weeks ago, started speaking a little bit about um, man and woman and husband and wife. Um, just from the first three chapters of Genesis. And there is um, there is a ton here. These first three chapters are just chock full. We can talk probably a year of Sundays uh, about... The details here. Recap? Yeah, I'll just do. Huh? (laughs) I didn't hear what the. Oh, Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So Genesis chapter one, I want to just kind of go over a little bit what we've already talked about. And then um, because I'm going to be brief. Won't be able to go too awful much further. But Genesis chapter 1, verses 26. Then God said, Let us make man in our image. So that's not male gender, it's mankind. Let us make mankind in our image according to our likeness and let them rule, not just the man. Amen. Let them rule. Both of them, male and female, rule. Over the fish of the sea, the birds of the the sky, and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every, every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created mankind. He said in verse 28, God blessed the man. No, He blessed them. God blessed male and female, them, all of mankind. Now, you've probably heard me say this before in the past, and I've said it quite often. When God speaks to you to do something, like with Rich and Cherie, whatever it might be, His blessing is already on it. You don't even have to ask Him. Jesus never asked for God's blessing on what He was doing because He was doing the will of the Father. The blessing's already on the will of the Father. So when we ask his blessing, that would be a clue that maybe that's not what God's calling us to do. Maybe. So his blessing is already on male and female. God blessed them, both of them, and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply. So they are blessed to be fruitful and multiply. This has natural consequences as well as spiritual Because God wants us to be fruitful in the natural, biologically, by reproducing children. But he also wants us to be fruitful, how? In the spirit, by reproducing disciples. So they were already blessed. God said to them, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth. And I love that because that just kills the climate changers and we have an overpopulation of the earth. Because God said, fill it. So we don't have too many people. He'll tell us when there's too many people. Which I don't think he's going to tell us. That was why I said that. Be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it. And rule over it. Rule over the fish of the sea. Over the birds of the sky. And over every living thing that moves on the earth. He did not say rule over other men. He specifically mentions the animal kingdom and everything else that creeps. There's a lot of creeps. There's a lot of creeping things. What are some of the creeping things? The demonic realm. The demonic realm. This sets the foundation for the creative purpose of mankind. Mankind is blessed to be fruitful and multiply and to subdue the earth and rule over it. The entire time that I have been a Christian, before we started New Covenant ministry, I had never heard, doesn't mean it didn't happen, I had never heard a message on subduing and ruling. Not one. Typically, in the church world, we focus on one aspect to the neglect of the other. Like this, the Bible tells us, behold the kindness and the severity of God. But most of the time, we just focus on His kindness. We focus on one part of our creative purpose, being fruitful and multiply, both in the natural and in the spirit but very little talk about subduing and ruling. I would think most most Christians don't even know what that means. When you read Matthew 28, after Jesus' resurrection, before he leaves, what most of the Christian world calls the Great Commission, the Bible does not call it the Great Commission. It might be in your translation as a heading, but the Bible never calls it, Jesus never called it the Great Commission. Jesus basically rewords this passage. He says, all authority has been given to me. The authority Adam and Eve abdicated, it is now back to me. I've overcome by my crucifixion and resurrection. He says, "He starts this whole thing. All authority has been given to me. Where? In heaven and in earth. And then he says what? Go. I like what my friend Floyd McClung. Anybody ever hear Floyd McClung? He he was a friend of mine for a while when he was pastoring Metro. And I loved what he said about this. He said, constantly people about missions were always praying, should I go? That's the wrong prayer because Jesus already said we should go. We should be praying, should I not go? Because he already said go. I love that. Go into all the earth. Make as many churches as you can. Get some nice chairs in there. Get as many people to fill those chairs. I was just going to say that. Take an offering. Form a band. Have the best music you can have. Uh, You know that's not what he said. He said, go make disciples. Teaching them your favorite passages of Scripture. No, teaching them all, I command you. And lo, I'm with you always. He's with us in this mandate He has given. That is a rewording, in my opinion, of what God says subdue and rule. The best way to defeat Our enemies, the enemies of the cross, is by conversion. Convert them and make disciples. Disciples are not converts in the sense that we just have more added to our church roles. Disciples, by the mere fact of the word, means a learner, a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. One who will shape their life, conform their life like their masters. Disciple, discipline. One who is trained in the discipline of the ways of the Lord. And then he said this, I want you to immerse them in the Father, immerse them in the Son, and immerse them in the Holy Spirit. Not just water baptism and saying in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, but immerse them fully in the Father. Immerse them fully in the Son. Immerse them fully in the Holy Spirit. This is how you become fully disciples." and nations will change as a result. Then verse chapter 2 and I'm going to be done sometime today. Chapter 2 verse 18 the Lord God said Well first let me back up. In verse 15 the Lord God took the man and he put that he put him in the garden of Eden. Literally it says God The Lord God set mankind into, the word garden means enclosure, Eden means pleasure and delight, that God placed, set at rest mankind in an enclosure of pleasure and delight. is that beautiful? And when you read everything about the Garden of Eden, everything that man needed was there. Intimacy with the Lord, food, water, shell, everything that he needed was right there. This also is is telling us when God says to subdue the earth and rule over it, Eden, and there's boundaries of Eden with the rivers and all, was relatively small place compared to the whole planet. We begin subduing and ruling in our small places. The first and foremost is the land of our own bodies. And within our context of where we're at. Family. Our own lives. Our own bodies. Skipping to verse 18. The Lord God said, it is not good for mankind to be alone. The word alone means isolated. It is not good for mankind to be isolated from others. Well, it's one of the first reactions that these globalists had during COVID? Isolate. Stay away from your church family, away from people, even the whole six-foot thing. Stay away. And so many people were so panicked when you got within their bubble of 6 foot. I had a lady call managers on me at Costco because I wasn't wearing a mask and I was walking around freely. You know, like we're free in America. And I wasn't anywhere close to her, but she didn't like it. It's isolation. This is where Jesus, when he was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, in a sense he was isolated from other people and tempted by the devil does not mean that we shouldn't have alone times, go away by ourselves for a while, seek the Lord or whatever it might be. But there's a kingdom principle here of isolation. That's why scripture tells us let's not forsake the assembling of ourselves together even as the day grows more evil or however it's worded. So he says it's not good for mankind to be alone. I will make him or man to be alone. I like to say this sometimes. I'm teasing. He never told the woman it wasn't good to be alone. He just told the man. And he says, man, I'm going to make you a helper. You need some help. There's some truth to that. It is not good for man to be alone. I will make him a helper suitable or corresponding of his same nature for him. Then God creates all of the animals. We know that God put Adam to sleep. Sometimes he does his best work when man's not involved, just sleep. huh? Wouldn't be able to drive or park without your wife? Yeah. (laughs) True that. But I want to say this, too, because God did not say it is not good for man to be unmarried not what he said. It's not good for mankind to be unmarried. He said it's not good for mankind to be isolated. Okay. God said he will make a helper. He will make one who will assist aid that, that complements him, corresponds to him. God puts Adam to sleep. He takes a rib from the side. He took a whole lot more than just a rib. He took all of the feminine parts. From him, as a matter of fact, the word, Hebrew word for rib, is a feminine word. He took those feminine, that feminine part out and created another being called woman. Man and woman, husband and wife, side by side. Not one dominating the other. It's a pet peeve of mine when I hear messages from the body of Christ where the man is supposed to be the king. And rule their homes. And the wives submit. I'm just going to let that settle in a little bit. The marriage union represents our individual personal relationships with the Lord. Where the two shall become one. It represents the prayer that Jesus prayed in John 17. The unity of oneness. As I mentioned a couple weeks ago, that the woman represents, not that they are, but they represent the Holy Spirit in this union. For God says, I'm going to make a helper. Who did Jesus say was going to come when he left? The helper. There's representation there. There's even similarity of roles and functions. It's not where where the man is above, and we can talk about that scripture where it says man is the head of the wife later. We can talk about that because there's a ton of misunderstanding over that scripture. But equal parts, side by side, in their unique roles and functions. Just like Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, they all have different function role, but they work together in harmony. And really a marriage where Paul relates in, in Ephesians, the husband is to be like Christ. To love their wives. So the husband in the marriage role is a representation of Christ. The woman is a representation of the Holy Spirit. Not that they are that. I'm not saying that. And then the father is the, the th- third stranded cord that binds them together. This is, and just for the sake of time, where another aspect where I want to go to is this is where government begins. And it's typified within the family. Because we have to remember the Bible starts with family and it's going to end with family. And when we're born again, we are born into the family of God. But it's the ruling family of God. It is the kingly, the the, the, uh, uh, dynasty, the family dynasty. That's really what Ecclesia is is a family dynasty, that we are, we are not just sheep in his pasture. We are that, but we're also sons and daughters of the king. We are prince and princess. We have authority because of him, because of who we are, because of our, our birth. We are given that through birth. Much of discipleship is, is learning who we become when we're born again and what belongs to us as a result of that. So I'm gonna I wanna there's a bunch more, but I'm gonna I wanna close with this, and that's Genesis chapter three. And then maybe next week I'll I'll try to bring some more of this together. Verse one, it says that the serpent was more crafty than any beast of the field. He was more crafty, he was more cunning, he was more subtle. And and we have a great illustration of the subtlety of of the demonic and how it's working in our culture today. I referenced some of it just a little bit ago. He said to the woman, did God really say, indeed, has God said, you shall not eat from any tree of the garden? So the enemy loves to question, get us to think, did God really say that? Is that really what his word says? Are you really born again? Are you really filled with the Spirit? Are you really? Did this really happen? Twists. Because the lie depends on the truth for its very existence. And he gets in with that hook of truth and then perverts and twists. That's who, that's who he is. He's a liar. He's a perverter. He, he can't create anything. He can only take what God has created and, and counterfeit it and, or twist it and pervert what he actually said. The woman said to the serpent from the, tree, from the fruit of the trees of the garden, we may eat, but from the fruit of the tree which is in the middle of the garden, God has said, you shall not eat it or touch it, or you will die. Point number one, Genesis chapter 3 begins to give us insight on spiritual warfare. Spiritual warfare, how it happens, how it works. Jesus' was being tempted in the wilderness was, was, was uh, similar to this experience with Eve. Coming with the word, twisting the word, he said, uh, you, shall not, uh, you shall not eat from it or touch it, or you will die. Verse 4, the serpent said to the woman, you will not die, for God knows that in the day you eat from it, your eyes will be open, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. Now, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil was, was basically getting man out away from God and determining for themselves what is right, what is wrong, what is good, what is evil. We're seeing that in our day. Where we have the perversion of our created being, the perversion of created order of things, and man saying, no, this is what's good. This is what's right, apart from, from the Lord. And I'm, I'm skipping a lot, but just for the sake of time. When the, verse 6, when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and it was a delight to the eyes, and the tree was desirable to make one wise, she took from its fruit and ate... This is very important. She took from the fruit and ate. Nothing happened. The woman, took. both of them didn't take and eat. The woman took and ate first and nothing happened. Then she gave the fruit. To her husband. Now, there's nothing in the scripture here that says they were standing side by side when this happened. No, there's nothing. When they ate, there was nothing that says they were side by side. Not in the language. As a matter of fact, there's even proof of that in the language that they weren't because Adam has no part of the conversation here. He's only talking to the woman. And the woman's only talking to, him, to her. So we don't know how much time passed. And remember, this was before the curse. So you can eat a piece of fruit and it wouldn't rot. I just thought I'd throw that in. This could have been within seconds, minutes, or later in the day. We, we don't know because there's no time reference in the language of when she ate and gave it to her husband. But regardless, even if he was standing right there, when she ate, nothing happened. The curse wasn't released. It was only released after Adam ate. She took from its fruit and ate, and she gave also to her husband with her, and he ate. It was after he ate, the eyes of both of them were opened. The curse was now released. What is being communicated here to us? I believe Adam could have stopped this. He could have stepped in and been Christ, a representation of Christ, and interceding. We're not supposed to eat that, Eve. I'm not eating it. Too often in marriages, one will compromise because of the other. and not stand firm on what they know God has said. Now this is some interesting spiritual warfare right here. Because remember, Jesus said, I came to bring a sword. Because even in a marriage, if one decides they're going to follow the Lord and be obedient to him and the other, it's going to cause problems. And who wants problems? We typically don't as humans. And you can carry this down to children as well. I will end with that and we'll come back and talk further about some of these things because there's some, not only with spiritual warfare, but also with the formation of government from these passages as well. And God gives us a clue in Genesis chapter 3, because in his conversation with the serpent, Adam, and then Eve, some clue about judgment and how to judge that we'll talk about. Father, thank you so much for your word. Lord, I pray for revelation, divine understanding. That you would continue to open up your scripture to us, Father. I pray for this congregation they would have ears to hear, eyes to see. In that word that Dale spoke this morning, that they would not contemplate their own body, whether they're sick, disease, what they're going through, but they would only contemplate what you're saying. We bless you, Lord. And we love you because you first loved us. Thank you so much for who you are. Amen and amen. Take a few minutes to fellowship and eat some of that stuff out there. Oh, birthdays? Renee!